0: Welcome to another amazing episode of Kazi's Audio Experience. This is the podcast where we're not only going to sharpen our technical skills, but we're going to learn to become profitable as filmmakers. What's going on, everybody? Um, welcome, welcome to the Cosman Show. Hey, so today I want to talk about this, okay? I want to talk about where do you draw the line like where does art ends and business starts and are both of these things can go together are they important because my whole message to you guys and what i try to preach is what i do in life and what i live by and which is that i always considered myself more of a businessman than an artist and i'm not taking anything away from my art side and my creativity but I just wanna make sure that I provide the best life for my family, for my wife, for my son, and my parents and everybody around me. And that can't happen if I think selfishly and just for myself and the love of art and this and that. There's just this misconception when people talk about art and they just think that, you know, you shouldn't mix money with art because it's sort of like a taboo thing. So I kinda wanna get in there and talk about it and give you guys my take and then wanna take questions, cause I don't wanna just never, I never wanna make it about myself, I just wanna give you my two cents and then get you guys involved and throw me some questions and you know concerns, whatever you got, uh, throw it in there and I'll try to answer it, so let's go. First thing I wanna talk about is there's two school of thoughts, right, when it comes to art and, and business. So one one kind of people that I see, like there's one type of people that say, hey, you don't need to give your 150%. You're gonna get burned out. It's not worth it. You're there to collect paychecks. And that's what I hear from a lot of the artists and they're just like, hey man, we're not curing cancer. Um, We're doing it for the privileged, you know, like it's a freaking Pepsi wants to put out a commercial and we're just like helping that. So this is literally not us being in Africa saving lives. I couldn't disagree with that more. That's such a poisonous mentality to have toward life, toward anything. Because I I say you could be a freaking janitor and cleaning toilets and you can still take so much pride and do it like you're making a difference in the world. And this is not a rah-rah, that's just the way you need to have your attitude. Like this is the attitude you should have toward everything and you'll see the difference in life and it'll come back and you'll be rewarded for it. So that's number one. So that's one school of thought that I hear a lot. Another is uh, that people say, Mixing money with art is a freaking sin. Um, And this is the kind of people that are talking about you should just do it out of love and art, you know, shouldn't be about the money and that's not what it's about. When I got into it, like, I don't care, blah, 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 this and that. And I will be the first to tell you that yes, I push you guys to work for free, but don't mistake it for, you know, hey, just art and money. No, it can never be in the same room. That's not what I'm saying. Um, I'll tell you what I am saying though. When I started out back in 2010, and when I was starting out in this industry, I was shooting weddings on the side. Is that something that I wanted to do for my career? I went to school for cinematography and editing, and I wanted to win Emmys and freaking Oscars. Like, so shooting weddings, is that was that my plan? Hell no. But I wanted to rent a place. I was about to get married. I wanted to save some money for my marriage. I wanted to have a freaking honeymoon. Um, I wanted to provide for my son. Like there were all those things that were happening and I just didn't wanna be, and I wasn't a boy anymore. So I didn't want it to be just like, hey, I'm gonna do me, I don't care about anything else and I'm just gonna make movies and borrow money and crash on whoever's couch and you know we'll go from there. No, I took it as a challenge and I thought about it methodically, like how I can go about it. And at the time, the solution was that, hey, It's very tangible, there's a lot of money in the wedding business. And if I can shoot some weddings on the weekends and make a ton of money like on the side, as my side hustle, that can fund what I'm working on and then just do like, look at the bigger picture. And at the time it was diversifying my portfolio, working on like really cool projects and decent productions, and then have that on my reel so eventually I can start landing big gigs like my dream jobs and guys, it literally worked out as I planned because I went about it with a pretty freaking solid plan. It was very tangible. So like we were paying our bills, we were on top of that, everything was totally fine. We were vacationing, we were going to see our family. We were. We didn't miss out on any of those things because we had a very clear vision, like what I wanted to do and that was my strategy, right? So like that's something that you can think about. Like if you're in this field and you wanna do big things and you are kind of stuck in that rut and you don't know how to overcome whichever situation you're in, you can think about it very methodically and you don't have to go cold turkey. It doesn't need to be one way or the other. Um, you can really just take it in chunks and look at the bigger picture and kind of work toward that and it doesn't happen overnight and then let's talk about think like a businessman. And when I say think like a businessman, I don't mean like a stuck up like, you know, born, you know, born with a silver spoon sort of mentality. I mean like a come up like, you know, a startup business that started in a garage sort of mentality. So like really have that humility when you're going in And yes, like you gotta, you know, sharpen your skills. You gotta work on all those things and like really be sharp. But I cannot encourage you more to keep sharpening the business side of things too. Like, don't just be, because think about this, right? Like, at a regular job, you can hit a ceiling, right? So you're an IT manager, you are working at a help desk, you're a senior help desk technician, whatever, you kind of hit that ceiling and you make the money you make. You make $86,000, you make $95,000, you start to hit that ceiling. Well, as a filmmaker, think about this. So. You know, think about Tarantino, think about these big directors. Think about some directors that are like super making like B-movies that we barely know, but even those guys are making hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like there's no limit. They can be making millions of dollars. They can be getting sponsored and all those things. So what differentiates a creative from like somebody who's doing a regular job is that you cannot put a price on creativity. You cannot put a price on somebody's brain, somebody's ideas, and that's what gets you paid the big bucks. And it doesn't happen overnight because the route that we have to take, compared to traditional like jobs, is very scary. It's very crazy, right? How many s- stories have you heard from like these big actors, like you know uh, Brad Pitt or Kate Winslet, and like all these people were like servers, like in their late twenties or whatever, and then all of a sudden they got their break. It wasn't like they weren't trying they were just being smart, they wanted to have a job where they can pay the bills and have like off hours so then they can have availability for auditions and this and that during the day. So it's like they were just trying their best and as long as you're not you know, cheating yourself and you're giving your 150, even if you take these detours, whether in my case it's like shooting weddings, something that is not on my website, like I don't show it to anyone, it's not like I'm ashamed of it because I'm talking about it right now, so I take pride in what I did, But it wasn't necessarily directed toward like where I wanted to end up and the lifestyle that I wanted, but it's something that I had to do. So in our field, you kind of have to keep, this is what I mean by think like a businessman. So like, you know, really think about how can you maximize your time? How can you make the most amount of money in the least amount of time and then go do that, right? So... Um, there's gonna be a lot of elbow grease. There's gonna be like, you know, a lot of like nose, but you just have to put your head down and freaking go. And that's it. Like just have a very solid framework because there's so many naysayers and there's so many people that are gonna put you down because anyone and everybody thinks that they can have a say when it comes to creativity, right? Because you know your son, your seven year old son has a freaking iPhone and he's shooting videos. So then he feels like he can come in and critique your work because you're making movies too and he's making movies. So it's like, what's the difference? Because it's not the same as somebody getting in there and programming a software. Like that's something that we just go, whoa, like we don't know anything, man. You're smarter than us, go do it. So. The perceptions are crazy. So what you have to do is just have a really, really solid framework and just keep your head down and go. And I keep hammering on this freaking idea till the end of time, because I feel like it's something that really needs to register right here. Because so many people just give up, give in, and they kind of just take the back seat. they take the passenger seat, and uh, we can't do that. You can't do that to yourself and you can't do that to your family and like you can't rob other people of your creative genius because everybody's got one it's just that we really have to let it out we really have to face our fears and as creatives you know we could be we could be emotional too and it's okay but you know just bring it out just keep putting it out and eventually it's going to stick and the gratification for that is just so much more than anything else on the planet like i'm saying it because i can't even contain myself because it's just true like i i've been doing this for a very long time and finally like i'm seeing a reward for it like in the social media world like i've been rewarded uh professionally for a while but like in the social media world like it's just so humbling it's so amazing and it's just that i had to face my fears and go for it and it wasn't easy and i'm just literally sharing kind of like documenting my journey and sharing those steps with you To kind of give you a shortcut. I don't believe in shortcuts, but like if you can just listen to what I'm saying and what I'm going through and what's happening, and if you can just apply that, and if you're in a similar situation that I was in like a couple of years ago or whatnot, then if I can help like one person here, then that's it. Like that's all I'm looking for. So I wanted to share these things with you guys and I wanted to keep it pretty short. So that's all I had for you guys. I'm gonna go through some questions and then uh, we're gonna wrap it up. So. Do you think it's best to stay independent independent, especially when my location is prime San Diego and Cali area and the amount of network and connections is in surplus? Yes. So I would say independent is the way to go, think about this, it's 11.42 a.m. Pacific time right now, I'm in my home, I'm chilling, I'm gonna go work out afterwards, I make my own schedule, I gotta do some creative writing today, so that's what I'm gonna do. And in our field, being creative, it doesn't happen when somebody tells you, chop, chop, let's go, okay? The nine to five world is not as sexy in this realm, like with what we do, so I would highly recommend like really find ways. This is why I'm pushing the freelance route so hard because I feel like if you don't take the the freelance route, you're gonna be limited to how much money you make. It's kind of sad when you go on salary.com and stuff and put in how much an editor makes. It's really sad because those numbers are literally ludicrous. You cannot stay in California even as a senior editor-like rate. It's like nothing. So. You have to kind of carve your own path and there's gonna be ups and downs, highs and lows. And that's just the name of the game. But I just could not agree more with you, brother, that you really do need to stay independent, do your own thing. And that's the whole thing about like have a side hustle, whether it's like shooting weddings or whatever it is, make some money there and then build your portfolio where you wanna eventually end up and the niche that you wanna choose. And with the with the social media world, I mean, come on, it's just, People with 3,000 follower accounts are traveling around the world, shooting for cities. Like they're going, they're shooting for Lake Tahoe and then turning in the footage, making five grand, 10 grand, and then going to freaking Turkey and shooting for some city over there and then turning it in and making 10 grand and then living in Berlin and shooting something there. So people are doing that. These are real stories. And eventually I want to start collab, you know, uh, collaborating and bring these people on board too so we can do like live um things like that what i'm doing right now but with another person who's actually living that life and can put their two cents but me myself since 2012 i never went back to a full-time job and financially i've been thriving by the minute and it's because it's all in my control. If I wanna put in more work, if I wanna put double, triple, quadruple time, I can make that much more money. If I wanna slow down, take vacations, I can easily do that. So it's all in my control. How big I want my empire, how small I want my empire, it's all in my hands and I get to drive it and just the the joy you get out of it and the freedom that you have and how you can just, you don't have to be creative on like demand, like nobody has to force you to be creative. You get to do it whenever you want. Come on, man, you can't put a price on that. I'm gonna read some more questions and then we're gonna wrap it up. Read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. No joke, Jonathan. I agree with you so much, man. This is so true. Listen to Grant Cardone. Listen to Gary Vee. Listen to... Uh, rich dad, poor dad. Guys, this is important. Like you really need to educate yourself on how this thing works because you want it to be sustainable. Okay. You want it to be, you want this thing to have longevity. So this could be a lifestyle tomorrow when you have, you know, a family, you have kids, you have wife, and you want to have a good lifestyle. You don't want to live that you know, picture that we know of an artist, like the starving artist, like, you know, that's just a thing of the past. That doesn't exist anymore because social media turn artists into freaking rock stars and that's the new hot thing. So embrace it, accept it, figure out ways and I'm gonna keep pushing this freaking message. So as I show you all things color grading, all things filmmaking and creative stuff, I'm also gonna bring in freelancing because I think it's just so freaking important to be employable, to be profitable. And even like my masterclass, like that, I take a whole chunk of that and just teach you all the business tactics because I feel like they're like this. They have to be like that. You can't separate the two. And and never get confused when I talk about work for free. I'm always talking about working for free for today so you can freaking charge $5,000 for a 10 second, 15 second freaking promo, you know, next year. So like always keep your eyes on the prize, but the the emotion and like your intention needs to be give, 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 give and you will receive. Like, it's just gonna come back. That's the way it works. But if you come off as like, give me, give me, give me, like, no. Then there's like, then this market is over overly saturated, and you're never even gonna get a call back. So think smart, work smarter, and uh, everybody's gonna get there. And I'm gonna keep like hammering this message uh, eventually. I'm gonna read some of these. Like now, there's tons of freaking comments coming in. So I'm gonna read some of this, and then we're gonna call it a day. Is joining a production team to initially build a network good for amateurs? Absolutely. This is amazing. Uh, Aravind Mohan, I think I'm saying it right. So dude, this is freaking beautiful. Yes, you should. My first uh, job was a full-time job. I've done it for two years. I was working for a race car company and we were traveling around the country. So one, the park was I got to see most of the United States through that. I went to around 30 to 35 states and it was like freaking fight club, man. Like I would close my eyes and I wake up in a different city and it was insane. And what it did for me is that I was fresh out of college So the college experience in theory was great, but then you get to live it and you shoot every day. I was a predator. So I was shooting and editing the same day and it was just time sensitive and it was crazy stuff. It turned me into a freaking creative machine. So that experience was invaluable. Money was nothing. I made nothing there and barely survived and then eventually got burned out and quit because I had reached that plateau where I couldn't learn anymore there. So then I had to move on and I moved on from that. But yes, man, absolutely, I would highly recommend that. Just keep talking, super helpful and reassuring. I'm doing right, that's awesome. That's awesome, brother. Uh, what is your favorite log profile for which camera system? So not which log profile, just a log profile for every camera. Not every camera is like Sony. Uh, A lot of the times you're gonna get like, you know, if we're shooting with uh, Panasonic, it gives you a V-Log and then there's just one log. If you're shooting with Sony, you got S-Log 2, S-Log 3. My experience is that anytime I'm shooting something crazy dynamic range, I'm shooting with S-Log 2. And anytime I'm shooting something with like indoors or something like that, I'm shooting with S-Log 3. It gives you a little bit of a cleaner image. In my opinion, that's how I use it. Um, And then for uh, Canon C200, I recommend C-Log2, but you can't do C-Log2 if you're shooting in 8-bit and not in RAW. So C-Log3 is supposed to give you 15 stops. It's pretty good, I like it. So that's what I would say for that question. Um, Let's go, okay. What's up, Gabriel? I see learned filmmaking joined in. That's amazing. I'm working on a different kind of work. However, this is very motivational to hear. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate that, adventurous, and that's what I'm saying, man. Like, like most of this advice, especially the business side of things, can be applicable to anyone, because um, it's it's just gotten so easy to do a side hustle nowadays, and uh, you know the outreach has never been easier, so. Yeah, we got to do it like you you have to start thinking like that because it's so crazy We we've been hearing those stories right like that. Hey, my son's friend is a youtuber and he's making $160,000 a year and then here we are thinking well I just shot commercials and I edited stuff for Toyota and Honda and this and that and the other thing like all these huge companies And I'm barely pulling that number. What the hell this guy's making YouTube videos, but we've already gotten on the other side of it so now it's not a joke anymore. It's not like, oh, this person makes some cute little YouTube videos. Now that's the real world. That's the real thing. That's where it's headed. So start thinking like that and don't stay behind the curb. Like you really need to be ahead of it. Um, start thinking like that because it's gonna be beneficial. You don't wanna be that statistic who looks back and goes, oh shit, man, I should have. I wish I would have done that back in the day. Now I missed my opportunity. And, and again, that thing doesn't exist either. There is no such thing as like, I missed my opportunity because I sh- I'm sure somebody in 2009 thought that they didn't jump on Facebook pages back in the day and did like Facebook ad campaigns and they missed their opportunity. No, they didn't because it's still in its infancy. So, you know, it starts thinking differently. Like you haven't missed your opportunity with anything. Instagram is so freaking young right now. Yes, people are moving to TikTok, but Instagram is not going anywhere anytime soon. So like all these platforms, like just accept it and whatever works for you and just run with it. Just freaking run with it. Don't do it for a day or two. Like you have to collect some data. You have to do it for a couple of months to look at the freaking numbers and then see what they're saying and then go off of that. How long has been you in the field? So, I mean, uh, Veron, I've been in the field for over close to a decade now. A little over a decade if you uh, think of like the experience that I gained while in school because I still had some freelance gigs on the side. So I've been doing that since like 2007, 2008. Um, so a little over a decade, man. And it's it's been a freaking blast. And honestly, I feel like the only thing, like I have zero regrets in life, but if there's one thing that I get very serious about that is time. Like, yes, you can learn everything. You can be anyone that you want, but time is that one thing that you just really need to take it seriously. Like, I'm good at soccer. Will I ever be like Messi or Ronaldo? No, why? Because I didn't start when I was seven. I didn't start when I was four. So that like leeway, like that head start that they have over me, that freaking matters. So if you're 17, 18, 19 contemplating, if you should be a director, if you should be a cinematographer, if you should, if you should be an editor, Why don't you do it all and do it all over and over and over again and then go through the process of elimination and then you'll find out that, oh man, it takes me freaking seven hours to write one line. Well, then you're not a writer. So boom, you figure it out. Then you go, Hey man, like I have a lot of trouble like dealing with actors. Well, then you're not a director. I really love lighting, I feel natural at it, I can think about it all the time, then maybe you're a cinematographer, there you go, you figure it out, but you wouldn't know until you do each and everything over and over again and then try to like just go, this works, this doesn't work, and go from there. Let's see what else we got. How to grow IG page as our personal branding. So the way you do it is being you. So the first thing that you're gonna do to like build your IG page, especially a personal page, is take the word we out. The we doesn't exist, it's you, just be you. Even if you read the copy from Pepsi and Coca-Cola, even they are talking to you as if it's one person. And that goes a very long way. And for small businesses, like one of the things that was holding me back is that I was putting out content and there was a lot of we. Like, who is this we? If it's a personal brand, then it's you. So then be you. Like, people want to connect with you. They don't give a crap about your brand. So just be real, be authentic. And that alone right there is gonna take you so far because people start relating with you, not the conglomerate we. So that's number one. And two, put out content. Uh, Stop thinking, stop thinking about it. Like, you know, the post that I'm gonna make after I get off, you know, um, off this live, is it gonna be the best post? Can I spend four more hours and make that shot so much better? Absolutely. Am I gonna spend four hours to make it that much better? No, because I can create two more like pieces of work for you guys and provide you so much more value than spending 18 hours on one shot. So just be realistic and put out content, give value to people, and eventually gonna get better. You cannot tell me that if you spend 16 hours on something today, you're not gonna look back a month from now and go, oh my God, I can do it so much better now. So if you're the type of person who learns and who gets better by the day, then just stop stressing over it, put out content, and nothing is gonna get you more exposure than putting yourself out there. And especially with IG right now, because the organic growth is still somewhat there. With Facebook, it's gone, right, it's choked. Like if you make a post on Facebook, you'll be lucky if two of your friends out of your 1,500 friends can see it because they want you to pay for it. So everything is driven with paid. And then other platforms do that too. But with Instagram, the organic juice is still left, but there's not a lot of it. So you really need to hit it hard. Like right now is the time. I need a laptop for editing. But I love Apple. What specs should I have? So for editing, you can get away with the mid-tier couple of years old. So like a 2016 mid-tier, find it on eBay, Craigslist, something like that. Get it for like 1800 bucks or something. And I think you should be good. The most important thing if you're using Premiere, Final Cut 10 or Resolve for editing would be RAM and then graphic cards. So just make sure that you try to get the top end graphic card and uh, 16 gigs of ram or 8 gigs on the worst case scenario 16 gigs is recommended how much should i charge doing color correction that depends if you're doing if you're working on a documentary or something like that and if you're a junior colorist so if you're just starting out literally it could be $300 a day it could be $500 a day but then if you move up and you're talking about like music videos, things like that, it will start like, and if you're a senior colorist, then the rates will start at $1,500 a day and up, and it goes really far up. I'm talking like $1,500 to like $5,000 a day to like a mentor of mine charged $10,000 a day, so it can go crazy and it goes all over the place. Depends on which area you're working in into. Um, I like that not one or two days consistency. Consistency is the key. Like consistency is so important and uh, it's more important for you than others because eventually you're gonna get so better, so much better at whatever it is that you do that you look back and it gets so much easier. Like I never considered myself a freaking writer. I just always wanted to hand that off to someone else And then when I started making these Instagram posts, like I put so much heart and soul into it and I just tell my story. I just document whatever the truth is. And then once I think about that and not think about anything else, it gets so much easier. And then every day now hashing out posts is just so freaking easy. Like I can just do it in my sleep. And uh, you just like the growth usually when you focus on something is exponential. So that's very rewarding to know. Okay, so I shoot out my... Day for night scene from today. Okay, bro, how do you get in the field? How do you get in the field? Again, like the same message that I'm saying, just keep applying, keep keep doing your stuff, and where do you wanna go? The first question you gotta ask is like, what is that field? That field could be really broad. So you gotta narrow it down. What exactly is it where you wanna go? Uh, it gets so niche eventually that if you're a sheet and metal guy, meaning like if you're an automotive guy, if you work on cars, you're gonna have a difficulty getting beauty spots because You know, they don't know you if you can work with like a skin as well as like, you know, sheet and metal. So like you really have to channel yourself, target yourself in that niche, whatever it is. So that's the number one question. And while you're working on that, that's when you have to start thinking about the side hustle to like stay afloat. Which is better, GTX 1060 or 1660 Ti or Radeon? I'm gonna say GTX is better, but at the same time, it depends, you know, which platform you're on. If you're on Mac, then it's gonna be AMD. If you're on a PC, then uh, Nvidia makes like freaking powerful, powerful cards, man. Have you ever used Colorista? Yes, I've used Red Giants Colorista. I've used um, uh, Magic Bullet. I've used uh, Film Convert. I've used it all. I've used it all. So when I am showing you what I'm showing you, I'm in it, like I've done it all. I've used Scratch, I don't know how many people um, ever used Scratch, it's another grading tool. I've used Apple Color, it started there. Um, I've used Autodesk's uh, Smoke, graded in that, so like, uh, or uh, Lust, or Luster, yeah. So it's like, it's uh, Autodesk Luster, I've used that. So I mean, I've used all of those tools, and the reason why I choose DaVinci Resolve is, how accessible it is and how like how they're moving forward with the vision that they have and how aggressive they are. I mean, they're crazy. They're really freaking crazy how fast they're moving and attacking this. And uh, nothing, literally not a single tool when it comes to creative tools. Um, will take more advantage of your resources i'm talking about nles and stuff i'm not talking about autodesk maya or anything like that because i think they can just like suck the juice out of your system so they're pretty good with using resources but if you're coming from final cut 10 if you're coming from premiere pro and avid media composer world you know what i'm talking about like when you run activity monitor or task manager on pc and you look at what's happening they're barely using your resources whereas davinci resolve oh my God, I have two 16 gig cards, I have 64 gigs of RAM, and I have a 10 core, 20 thread processor, and it literally just, it maxes it out. Like everything is redlining, and uh, when it's rendering or it's doing whatever it needs to do. And that is freaking beautiful to me, because if you're gonna be spending money um, on your hardware, and you just want it to freaking get to work when it's time to get to work. So it's pretty insane. That's why I pushed DaVinci Resolve so much. Um, pros and cons to moving from Premiere to DaVinci. So the, one of the biggest cons that I'm feeling right now, and a lot of people are gonna agree with me, is uh, all the templates and cool transitions and everything that we have, right? So um, we don't have that. We don't have that in uh, DaVinci Resolve. Somebody sent me a toolkit that they created and they wanted me to test it out and do a little review. And it was pretty much similar transitions, cool like zoom in transitions and stuff like that for DaVinci Resolve. And I tried it and it crashed my system pretty bad a couple of times and I got freaked out and I deleted the plugin and then I didn't use it. So I'm gonna give it a try again, maybe sometime soon, but I don't know, I feel like that is a huge drawback And then people who are used to the ecosystem, like if you're in the Adobe suite and you do a lot of dynamic linking and stuff like that, so obviously you don't get that translated into Resolve, but it's not a huge thing because I do all my graphics in After Effects, so that's still happening. I'm not taking that away, but I just switched my process, right? So before I would do it while I'm working in Premiere Pro, now how I do it is my packages are already built they're pre-built in After Effects, they live in After Effects, so I'll go through my entire cut in DaVinci Resolve. Once it's picture locked, it's ready to go, I will go into After Effects, kick out those graphics that I need, I'll bring it in, layer it on top, and then go from there. But for me, somebody who's a colorist and an editor, is just such a treat to be in a software where I can create full-on grades. So when I'm like burned out editing, Sometimes I will just take a break and I'll just jump over, hop over to the color page and then I'll do like amazing, cool, like treatments. And then I get so freaking pumped and you know creative, like feel so creative. And then I go back into the editing page and I'm ready to freaking go again. So I feel like it, it's doing something psychologically to me, which is like really taking my game to the next level as a creative. So I'm loving it, that's why I'm pushing it. My mantra is like, I will not push anything on you guys that I don't do personally. So I'm a practitioner and I will only tell you what I do and what works. I love your node structure. That's what I use now and it works for me too. So that is awesome, man. It took forever. Like people don't do like a proper node tree. Like everybody creates their own per project and you can, but you need to have some sort of a method to your madness because the world that I work in, I have to pass on a project. Once I work on it, I have to hand it off. And the difference between me getting a call back from Toyota or Honda or you know, LG or whatever, the difference is either I'm gonna get a call back because they're impressed not what they saw when I was working on it, but when their assistant colorist or somebody goes in and looks at it and goes, holy hell, like this looks clean, this is amazing, compared to when they go in and it looks like, you know, like everybody knows those editors that throw everything on the desktop, and then they hand off the project to someone and you load it up and everything is offline because it says Joey's desktop, and you're like, what the hell, you know? So don't be that guy, go in with a proper setup, and it goes a long way. And all these little nuances is gonna be, like I said, like, you know, if you want the snowball effect and want to want it to be brought back and just have consistent work, like all these little things are gonna go a long way. And I am a man of systems and processes. I'm all about that. And I cannot push people enough to do that because once you have those systems in place, it just makes everything so freaking easy, you know? So. Um, After Effects doesn't like when there's a color on a video. Any workaround? It's not necessarily that After Effects doesn't like it. Just make sure that you go under After Effects settings, project settings, and you have the right uh, workspace selected. So if you're on a Mac, as long as you have Rec Seven or Nine with Gamma Two Point Four selected, you're fine. So just make sure that those settings are set properly. And if they're not, that's what you're facing right now. That's the difference that you're seeing. All right, guys. Thank you so much for sticking around. I swear to God, I love you guys so much. I mean, this is the support has been insane. You guys are so freaking crazy. I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to keep putting out content. I'm going to start doing if you guys check out my story, I I'm, I'm doing a lot more Lightroom tutorials too. And for those who are not familiar with like my actual uh, freelance colorist masterclass, it's freaking insane. It started as something that was supposed to be 5 hours worth of content, and it turned into 22 hours and 47 minutes of just solid content because I'm an editor before I'm anything else and I cut really tight. And even after cutting it so tight, it ended up being close to 23 hours worth of freaking content. So I'm gonna be relaunching that next month. So stay tuned for that. I'm gonna be putting out Lightroom tutorials. I'm gonna be putting out every, all the things that I put out for DaVinci Resolve and I'm going to be also incorporating a lot of like the freelancing things that I'm talking about and like really educate you guys on how you can take advantage of your current skills. It doesn't need to be something that you need to build and work toward. You can really start putting everything that you got right now to use and start freaking blowing up. So I'm going to keep pushing that message. And hopefully some of them, some of you are going to find it helpful. All right, guys, do you... Do you take holidays with your girlfriend on Instagram live? I mean, uh, yeah, I take vacation with my wife. We just came back from Big Bear. It was freaking awesome. Uh, Have you worked in any feature films and how much do you charge for it? I don't necessarily, I mean, I've done some independent films, but uh, mostly I stay in the commercial world. That's just my shtick and uh, I like short form because you know you just have so much variety right like it's just so creative you work on something you move on you try something else and it's challenging it's different so i like to stay in that world um what would you qualify as a clean grade according to what's on your checklist uh clean grade would be to you know first of all remove the noise so that's why, why my first note is all this noise reduction so you take out the noise Uh, You give it enough juice, if it's for Rec 709, just make sure that the contrast is there where it's gonna look good, um, you know, in comparison to whatever else is out there. And then uh, pump in some saturation to give it some juice. And even if you're trying to keep it uh, color corrected, meaning like white balanced, everything is proper, just make sure the shadows and highlights don't have too much saturation. So there is something called luminance versus saturation in your curves in DaVinci Resolve, and you can pull your highlights and your shadows, and just bring them down a little bit. So then it pulls the saturation out of that, and it keeps the punch in the middle. And then that makes your image looks, you know, look like you said, clean. It can make it look really clean. All right, guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it. Love you guys so much. And every time we do these things, I wanna drive it just like how we're driving it right now, which is Q&A based. And it's all about you. I'm just here to freaking help with it, with whatever it is that I can. When When do you recommend to go full-time as a filmmaker? Today, Kevin. Go a full-time. Go take the full-time filmmaker route today. Like you just don't wait for these things, man. Like, you know, I was waiting for freaking 17 years to put out a freaking podcast and now I just started doing it. Like I just, I just put it out. Is it gonna be, is, is it shit? It probably is. Is it gonna get better tomorrow? Yes, but if I would have waited till tomorrow, would it have been any better than the shit that I put out now? Probably not. So like you just really need to go and do it and then eventually you'll perfect whatever it is that you do, but don't rob yourself from like not doing it today and just keep contemplating. You just have to go in and do it, man, whatever it is. Like even if it's embarrassing as hell, even if you just get razzed by by your freaking friends and your family, it doesn't matter. Like if you believe in it, if you believe in it, that's it. Nobody in my entire family, extended family from both sides, mom and dad, anyone has ever done anything in the film industry besides myself. It was the freaking craziest thing and the most pressure I've ever felt that I'm gonna get so many told you so's like throughout my life if I freaking fail, but I just did not care. I went in and I did it. I don't even like to use the word if, I like to use the word when. That's what you need to do with your life. It's just all about the mindset, man. It's just all about the framework, like just shift it. Just just have that paradigm shift happen right now and just freaking do it. Um, and guys, on that note, love you guys and I'm gonna call it. Um, let's do this soon again. I'm gonna start doing at least going live once or twice a freaking week. So I love you all. Uh, which cameras will you recommend for color grading? The Blackmagic is putting out the best stuff out there. They have the biggest advantage, unfair advantage, because they're making the software, DaVinci Resolve, do it know exactly what kind of color science to put in their cameras, and it's freaking knocking it out of the park. It's so freaking great. that I'm putting my Canon C200 for sale so I can pick up the Ursa Mini Pro G2. I'm blown away by it and uh, I'm sold, I'm sold. The skin tones and everything, they've come such a freaking long way. Think about their Blackmagic Cinema Camera, the OG camera, to where they are now. I mean, they are perfecting it by the second. Their prices are more than fair and their product is just unbelievable. So. Do that if you can. And the price ranges are crazy, right? You can pick up like the uh, pocket camera 4K right now on Craigslist or something like close to $1,000 and it comes with a $300 license to DaVinci Resolve. You're freaking kidding me? Like 700 bucks for a 4K camera that shoots in raw and gives you solid 13 stops of dynamic range. Freaking mind boggling, man. All right guys, I'm really gonna call it Love each and every one of you. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with friends, subscribe to this channel, and I will see you in the next episode.